this, this, this show is brought to you by Safety FM. And from the border of liberty and prosperity and the highway to the north, this is Safety Wars. Coming to you from sunny Clarkstown, New York. Sunny, I'm being a little bit just a few keys to your program's success. The question many practitioners have is, where do I start? Dr. Jay Allen, the creator of the Safety FM platform and host of the Rated R Safety Show, has built a global foundation to help you along the way. Go to safetyfm.com and listen to some of the industry's best and most involved professionals, including Blaine Hoffman with The Safety Pro. Sam Goodman with The Hop Nerd. Sheldon Primus with The Safety Consultant. Jim Pozell with Safety Wars. Emily Elrod with Unapologetically Bold. And many others. As individuals, we can do great things. But as a team, we become amazing. Dial into safetyfm.com today and surround yourself with a powerful force of knowledge and support. You are listening to Safety Wars. Tomorrow's safety today. Okay, I am going to uh, issue a little disclaimer here like I always have. I really should uh, put this into a official promo here. Uh, so all of the cases I mentioned and everything I hear, I mentioned with uh, OSHA citations, OSHA fines, crimes, anything like that. Everyone is innocent until proven guilty. And as far as the uh, penalties, especially woes that I uh, read from government websites, those are all proposed and they usually get negotiated down or vacated or what have you. So, uh, uh, as along those lines, I try to, and I skip, uh, I mess up sometimes. I, I try to uh, not give names on certain things. Uh, sometimes I fail do, to do that. I'm reading the articles and everything else. So uh, what's going on tonight? Thank God nothing really major went on tonight uh, with uh, in the world of safety. Uh, you know, it's just... Let's remember, there are 2.8 million on-the-job injuries a year and uh, somewhere around 5,000, give or take, workplace fatalities in the United States every year. And that means that you're getting, like, with the, uh, you're getting uh, uh, several, right, when you average it out, over the course of this program. Injuries, fatalities, and everything else. And... That's all we're here for. We're here to help prevent those. And we're into, no, and I hate, I hesitate to use the word root cause, but that's like what everybody else seems to use. They're trying to get away from that because uh, things always have a lot of root causes. So, for example, uh, recently I was dealing with a workplace violence incident at one of my client facilities, and... 
They said, well, you know, they said, well, the perpetrator, two uh, people got into an argument over some stuff. Details aren't, aren't uh, necessarily uh, germane to what, what I'm about to say here. And one guy was the owner of the company, got into it with somebody else. All right. Okay. A couple of days later, we get a visit from another coworker, another worker that says, and this is a construction project. Look, this guy, I can't handle him the way he manages people, yelling and screaming and everything else at everybody and, and antagonizing them. In short, he didn't use these words. Everything had to, was being escalated uh, for a whole host of reasons. Money, schedule, no, everything else that goes on in uh, construction. So here's the question for you. Root cause. What was the root cause of the uh, first incident? You're going to say, well, the employee that got fired uh, he, no, he's to blame because he uh, started uh, the fight. He started fisting, blah, 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 blah. Started, no, uh, put up his fist and started hitting. Well, guess what? Is that really the root cause? Because now the guy comes back through two days later, there's another problem and with a worker threatening, threatening violence with this guy or, and, and everything. So what's the root cause here? One of the root causes, I would say, well, might be the owner of that company because he's constantly antagonizing, yelling, and screaming at everybody. And now that we're in the world post-COVID, I, I mean, I can sit here every day and read articles here to you over the air where people are not taking baloney anymore, are not taking Gouvenau. There's a sense of entitlement, as it's been said. Uh, maybe that's a little bit harsh, uh, maybe uh, a more appropriate description would be that people realize that they're being abused and they're speaking out on it. I had pointed this out going on now 13 years ago, maybe 13 years ago this month. I, I know I found an old letter that I wrote to uh, a uh, political colleague when I was in politics that one day, People are gonna fi- are not gonna put up with this crap anymore that uh, people are doing, and there's gonna be problems. And it was, uh, you know, I'm not saying I'm Nostradamus or any soothsayer. Anybody who watches trends could see what's going on. And sure enough, even before COVID, people aren't taking this stuff with the cancel culture and everything else. They're saying stuff. You know, you're trying to make a little joke with someone that you've been joking around with for years, and all of a sudden, oh, well, you know what? It's bothered me for the last 10 years, 12 years. I haven't said anything. Uh, can you please stop? People are speaking out. People are becoming more articulate. Uh, part of this is with social media where people are, uh, again, being manipulated to do things that maybe they wouldn't have done before or encouraged or at least getting more articulate. We have all this stuff. It's like the perfect storm here. So uh, what's what's a coaching session from Safety Wars look like with that? Coaching session is, look, you got to stop doing what you're doing, guy. This is the way it is. This isn't 30 years ago where you could go around, intimidate, scream, and yell, and curse people out and expect them not to say something or do something. That's not realistic anymore. So you need to, now I cannot necessarily control what other people are doing. However, I mean, however, if I go out there and openly antagonize people, people are under a lot of stress today. I was talking to uh, someone yesterday. He was out of work for five months. He says, I couldn't, we can't make it on just my wife's salary here and they went into credit card debt they went into uh personal loan debt uh they had to borrow money from people and things that they wouldn't normally borrow money from and now they're feeling a lot of stress and now you have a guy out there screaming and yelling at people you don't know what people are going through at home people are sick that's in the family recovering from covid some people, yeah, they quote unquote recovered from COVID, but they're never, they're not the same. They're not the same person, not the same abilities. 
you have college students that are coming out of college and they feel, and this is my rant, this is my old man's rant for tonight, uh, and they feel that because their professors told them that they should be making $175,000 a year right out of college, and now all of a sudden, and they finance their education through student loans and other things, now all of a sudden, uh, they don't have that, uh, they're planning on getting that $150,000, $175,000 a year salary. Guess what? They're not getting it. They can't find, pay their loans. And that interest just keeps on adding up and adding up. You have a lot of stuff going on here in the workplace and outside the workplace. Uh, and it's not pretty uh, with what's going on. And now we uh, jack up all the other stuff that's going on, right? War in Ukraine, Russian, and I keep on wanting to say Soviet, but Russian ships off the coast. Yeah, they always had submarines and everything out there, but now we have their back and we're, it's on the news. You have uh, in uh, Southeast Asia and Asia, the COVID outbreak in China. Have a lot of stuff going on out there. And in reference to our program last night, where, where I went through Saul Alinsky's Rules for Radicals, what's one of the rules for radicals? Keep the pressure on. Just keep the pressure on. Because if you keep on pushing, putting the pressure on people, now they're more easily manipulated happens in workplace it happens everywhere in society right find your weak spot they know people are going to be freaked out over the economy over jobs over uh, a, a future uh, prospects you got covid you got everything else going on guess what now you're able to be manipulated And you find out that social media companies are even admitting this now, how they're uh, playing games with the algorithms. So news is tailor-made to you. And some people are on the other end, and they're self-radicalizing on this stuff. Not only uh, Islamic terrorists, which we were told to be afraid of uh, all these years and everything else. I'll be afraid of the Islamic terror. Well, guess what? You have every religion. We have radicals. You even have radical atheists out there. I've met them over the years. There's radicals all over the place that are being radicalized. Now, the question is not, well, what's the government going to do about it? What's the, well, guess what? The government's going to do what are the government's going to do. The question is going to be, what are you going to do about it? And how are you going to prepare your family? And are you going to allow yourself to be manipulated? Are you going right? And this goes back. The reason why I shared the rules for radicals last night, how it applies for safety, no and pushback and everything that we see is that these are the ways that we get manipulated into doing things. This is how we get controlled. This is how other groups initiate societal change by keeping the pressure on and everything else. And let's face it, there are good politicians out there, both sides of the aisle and in the middle. There are good government employees out there. there are government employees are like everybody else. Most employees want to do the right thing, but you have a couple of people that or, you know, for lack of a better word, and I know we're not supposed to say this, bad apples. That's any workplace. You don't believe me? Look at your own workplace or places where you've worked or if you're uh, at places where you go. You're all, there's always one or two employees in that whole situation there that maybe aren't working as hard, right? Because you have human resources issues all over. And what happens? Nobody wants to get rid of them. Nobody wants to discipline them. Nobody wants to help them. Nobody, no. Rather than discipline and shame and blame and everything, how about we try to help people? Nobody wants to coach them uh, or anything else. 
A lot of times human resources doesn't want to do their job either, and they're the problem, or can't do their job. They're prevented from doing their job. So what happens? Now you have a situation where people are not getting fired, people are not being disciplined, people are not being trained, people are not being coached, people are not being blah, 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 blah. And I, you know, and they're there. Now you have to manage them. Uh, sounds like a rant here. Now you have to manage them. Because I tell you what, if someone is only doing 50% of their job, maybe that's all that you're going to get for that position, number one. You're not going to be able to get anybody to do anything more than that based on pay and everything else. The other thing is, is that when you fire someone or you lay someone off, it costs money to hire someone new. It costs time. It costs money, opportunity, no morale, everything else that goes around with it. So I was talking to uh, a law enforcement person recently, uh, recently uh, retired, and we're talking. I said, "Well, did you do you, in your workplace? Were were there people there who had no business being in law enforcement?" And he said, "Yeah, there was all different kinds of people. No, he said three or four. Probably in every department have no uh, business being there. I said, okay, were you able to get, were you able to do anything about it? Management or anything? They said, no. I said, well, that's, what do you think? Law enforcement is uh, different than any other workplace out there. There's people who are going to be there. People, no, people who want to coast and everything else. How do you manage them? Again, you can't do anything about that. If, no, if, unless you're a person in charge. But the question is, is how are you going to manage it? How are you going to manage yourself? How are you going to prevent, you know, how, and that's how it is. How, or your core group of people. You want to talk about leadership and everything else that goes in there. And we're going to talk about leadership in the very near future, God willing. And that's what I want to do. That's my monologue for today is, uh, and it's all monologue. I get it is how are you going, what are you going to do and how are you going to protect your family, your workplace, your coworkers, and everything else from all the safety hazards that are out there? How are you going to prevent yourself from being manipulated? How are you going to have a backbone? That's part of what Safety Wars is, is to teach you to have and coach you to have some kind of a backbone when dealing with people because it always is a problem when you go uh, again, and I heard it today. On a project. Well, no other safety person tells us to wear our safety glasses. And I absolutely 100% believe it because of the pushback I get over safety glasses. Look, this is what the rule is. This is what it is. I'm a, I'm a, no other, I believe you. That no other, but on this job, you're going to wear safety glasses. On this job, you're going to do this. You, now, we have procedures in place. We have to follow the procedures. This is what the rules are. So uh, with that, let's take another short break and we're going to get into our news and everything else. Safety Wars is streaming now. SafetyFM.com Is your safety training old, stale, and hackneyed? Is your safety trainer still preaching a warped version of behavior-based safety? How about safety training that actually addresses your hazards in your workplaces and it's not standardized baloney from 25 years ago. Contact the Safety Wars team at safetywars.com or call Jim Polzel at 845-269-5772. Remember, if you're receiving this message, you are the solution to unsafe workplaces. OSHA recordables, first aid cases, catastrophic losses. You want answers? So do I. This is Jim Polzel with Safety Wars. Okay, we're going to continue with some financial news today. Again, we get to this before all the other pro programs, right? That's assuming we upload it tonight. Dow Jones Industrial. This is Thursday, January 26, 2023. Dow Jones Industrial is up slightly today, 33,949. S&P 500 up, 4060. NASDAQ up, 11,512. Uh, Russell 2000 up slightly. Uh, 19, 1,903 U.S. 10-year Treasury note down slightly, 3.512%. Bitcoin 
Just under 23,000, 22,948. Crude oil still hovering around that $80 level at 81.28. Precious metals. Gold up slightly, 1943.70. Silver up slightly, 23.25. Platinum up slightly, 1,039. Palladium up at 17,709.50. So EPA, uh, this is from the EPA uh, uh, news releases. EPA announces latest actions to protect groundwater and communities from coal ash contamination. The agency issues six proposed determinations to deny facilities' requests to continue safe coal ash disposal. Today, the U.S. EPA announced the latest action to protect communities and hold facilities accountable for controlling and cleaning up the contamination created by coal ash disposal. The agency issued six proposed determinations to deny facilities' requests to continue disposing of coal combustion residues, a.k.a. CCR or coal ash, into unlined surface impoundments. For a seventh facility that has withdrawn its application, Apache Generating Station in Cochise, Arizona, EPA issued a letter identifying concerns with the efficiencies in its liner components groundwater monitoring program. With today's proposed denials, EPA is holding facilities accountable and protecting our precious water resources from harmful contamination. And while ensuring a reliable supply of electricity to our communities, said EPA Administrator Michael S. Regan, we remain committed to working uh, with our state partners to protect everyone, especially those in communities overburdened by pollution from coal ash contamination now and into the future. Coal ash is a byproduct of burning coal in coal-fired power plants that, without proper management, can pollute waterways, groundwater, drinking water, and the air. Coal ash contains contaminants like mercury, cadmium, chromium, and arsenic associated with cancer and various other serious effects. Today's action delivers protections for underserved communities already overburdened by pollution and reflects the Biden-Harris administration's commitment to advancing environmental justice in impacted uh, communities. OSHA. So, here you go. The U.S. Department of Labor has found the U.S. Postal Service exposed workers to struck by electrical crushing fire and other health hazards at facilities in Columbia, Knoxville, and Nashville, Tennessee. I, I'm assuming it's Tennessee, Columbia, Tennessee, right? I, I don't know. It's from press releases from Nashville. As a result of these inspections, of the of these three inspections, the department's OSHA cited the mail carrier for five repeated, four serious, and four other than serious violations with $350,136 in proposed penalties to address safety and health concerns. Let's take a look at this. Yes, they are available. Okay. Again, everyone is innocent until proven guilty and everything else. This is kind of weird because it's like you think that post office is part of the government, but apparently it's not. So it's quasi government. So they don't fall, they fall under the purview of OSHA. First type of violation, serious. It's 1910.22A2. And what this is, and they have a typo in here, which is surprising. Uh, serious. The employer did not ensure the floor of each workroom is maintained in a clean and to the extent feasible in a dry condition. The employer did not ensure that when the wet processes are used, drainage is maintained and to the extent feasible. Dry standing places such as false floors, platforms, and mats are provided. Columbia Post Office mail shortage area latrines. On or about 7 or 8, 22, and at times prior, the employer exposed Employees to a health hazard in that sewage spilling on the floors of the latrines and mail sorting area, resulting from sewage backups not adequately cleaned up. And they said, okay, quote, clean, dry, fecal matter off the floor, end quote. So this was a $8,200 fine and change for, quote, clean, dry, fecal matter off the floor. 
Sorry if you're eating there. Uh, Groovenal on the floor, right? Type of violation, serious. Number two, guarding of live parts. Columbia Post Office, mail sorting area. Honor about seven or eight, one or two, and at times prior, the employer exposed employees to an electrical hazard and that the filter used in conjunction with the scan machine for processing mail parcels was missing the garter cover. So this is equipment guarding. This is 1910-303. Okay. Oh, that was a $12,431 violation. Type of violation. This is an extensive one. Repeat violation. Serious. For $16,000. Columbia Post Office. Right, blah, 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 blah. And Times Liar. Two relo- uh, uh, exposed employees to a fire hazard. Two relocatable power taps supplying 110 volts to power lining of the partition mail boots are connected, a.k.a. daisy chain, together. You're not supposed to do that. The, uh, they were previously uh, cited for this at a job site in Carson, California, uh, earlier last year. So, again, this is the same issue as Family Dollar, where you have multiple facilities. I think there's a post office in every town, practically. And, again, too big. To, maybe we should have our own little thing. It's too big to work safely. Maybe that would be uh, a good. May, are they too big? I'm going to write that one down here. Hold on, everybody. Too big to work safely. Wow, that sounds like a uh, posalism there. They're too big to work safely. They're, uh, it's too, no, they're, they're huge. And word is not going out. And the other thing is this, with all the other crap going on, and in this case, they had overflowing toilets. Are they going to be, can they find that one thing, right? That one little thing, like, uh, overloading a circuit. And what's the total proposed penal- penalties is 62,154. And the other one was, uh, repeat was a repeat violation. The last one was, uh, flexible cords and or cables are used as a substitute for the fixed wiring of a structure. So, uh, electrical hazard in that the scan mail parcel system equipment workers were operating, we're operating was powered by an extension that was plugged into a 110 volt outlet and run up and across structural steel members down to the equipment. Wow. Again, electrical violation there. I mean, too big to succeed? Too big to work safely? Too big not to have OSHA on your ass? I'm writing all this down. Too big. Do not have OSHA on your ass. Okay. Pardon my French here, guys. I know this is a family program. But anyway, incredible. All right. And again, my question is this. Why... Why? Why are they going after all these uh, things? Right, here you go. Just weeks, here you go. Just weeks after being cited with federal safety violations, Dollar General Corp and Dolgan Corp LLC have once again exposed workers to unsafe conditions, this time at two store locations in Florida and another in Alabama. This is, we did this is like three times a week. On June 26, 2022, inspectors with OSHA and stores in uh, Middleburg and Green Cove Springs, Florida, had merchandise blocking exit routes, exposing workers to fire and entrapment hazards. OSHA issued citations for two repeat violations with $196,000 in proposed penalties. Let- <coughs> pardon me, pardon me, I'm sorry. Couldn't get to the cough button soon enough. Less than a month later, on July 13, OSHA inspectors found again Merchandise blocking exit at Dollar General in another place in Alabama, right? Exposing workers to hazards. And that was uh, 196000 for the first case, 205000 for the second one. 
In the past 11 months, OSHA inspections at 19 stores in Alabama, Florida, and Georgia have identified dozens of similar violations. These types of hazards prevent serious risk for employees and others in an emergency, as well as the potential for them to be struck by unsafely stacked boxes in storerooms and elsewhere. Since 2017, OSHA has issued more than $15 million, and I'm reading right off of the OSHA website here, right? Non-copyrighted open source data and cited Dollar General Cover Company or Corporation and Dolgan Corporation for numerous willful repeat and serious workplace safety violations related to unsafe conditions in more than 180 inspections nationwide. Dollar General's growing record of disregard for safety measures makes it abundantly clear that the company puts profit before people, said OSHA's regional administrator, Kurt Her Petermeyer in Atlanta. These violations are preventable, and failing to prevent them shows a blatant disregard for the workers on whom they depend to keep their stores operating. OSHA continues to make every effort to hold Dollar General accountable for failures. And going on and on. Uh, Seven inspections uh, identified 31 violations that led to more than $2.7 million in penalties in November. And it goes on and on and on and on. So my question is this. Is this too big to work safely? How big is your organization? Are you working in retail, construction, uh, distribution, something with a very large organization? Do you see violations like this? If you're a safety professional or a manager at very large companies, I would be on the phone with the uh, someone in human resources or safety or somewhere saying, is anything else going on in this company OSHA-wise? You could go over uh, to the OSHA webpage and you can click in. You go to the search bar. Here, I'll do it for you right now. And you go on over here. And you go over to the search OSHA in the upper right-hand corner of the uh, webpage, and you put down establishment search. All right. And you see accident. Uh, you see accident uh, data. Where is establishment search? Where is it? And it's not coming up, of course, because they're live on the radio. Oh, here it is. Establishment search. Okay, name your favorite company. I'm going to name a, I'm not going to name the company, but I'm going to put in a very large fast food company. So from uh, three years ago till today, they had 40 visits by OSHA. Hmm. Most of these look like they're un, uh, no, they were closed, nothing, or, or they were dealing with act. Hold on, here you go. Right, nothing. I'm clicking on a couple of them. They were just referrals for a lot of them. Didn't result in anything here. Any uh, complaints? Well, you no, know, you could go in here and you could find all different types of stuff. Let's find another one. Let's find a, another retailer here. The last three years, a very big retailer has, seems to be another one with a target on their back, uh, 312 uh, violations here or complaints, right? Referrals, things of that nature. So I don't know. I think that that's a valid question that you can have. it. I think that would be forward thinking. What are, what are problems do we have here? Maybe your corporate culture doesn't allow that. I don't know. Here we go. In, of course, in Florida, fake nursing diploma scheme in Florida, 25 arrested. Federal authorities in Florida have charged 25 people with participating in a wire fraud scheme that have created an illegal shortcut for aspiring nurses to get licensed and find employment. Recently unsealed federal grand jury 
uh, indictments allege the defendants took part in a scam that sold more than 7,600 fraudulent nursing degree diplomas in three Florida-based nursing schools. Federal officials said during a news conference in Miami on Wednesday afternoon, prosecutors said the scheme also involved transcripts from nursing schools for people seeking licenses and jobs as registered nurses and licensed practical slash vocational nurses. The defendants each face up to 20 years in prison. So how does this translate into what we're doing? Right? Uh, these are two uh, colleges that are now closed. Siena College, Palms Beach School of Nursing, three colleges, and Sacred Heart International University. Uh, but anyway, what do you do? What do we see is every time I see an Ocean 30-hour card or 10-hour card or anything, I always double-check to see and make sure that it is not a fraudulent card. It may be fraudulent training, but is the card fraudulent? Happens every time. And, of course, the person gets annoyed. But, what, you think I'm, gonna, I'm walking around? I say, I, yeah, all the time. This is Metro New York, dude. Happens all the time. Grand jury probe, probes, faulty Goodyear recreational vehicle tires. Federal grand jury in L.A. is gathering evidence in a criminal investigation of Goodyear recreational vehicle tires. The government blames for crashes that killed eight people and injured dozens. The grand jury subpoenaed, blah, 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 seeking all documents and deposition transcripts. So, uh, it was a result of a 2017 investigation of the tires uh, by National Highway Trans Traffic Safety Administration that resulted in a recall yes uh, last year. The documents also revealed Goodyear U Goodyear knew that the G one fifty nine RV tire could fail and cause serious crashes or failed to do anything. Again, this is alleged. I don't know where this is gonna go. All right. Again, this is still in the news. Past U.S. presidents and VPs are asked to recheck for classified documents. The National Archives have asked former U.S. presidents and vice presidents to recheck their personal records for any classified documents following the news that President Joe Biden and former Vice President Mike Pence had such documents in their possession. So this might be a much larger uh, uh much larger problem than just Donald Trump. They might have opened up a whole can of worms here. Far more four workers were killed had separate shooting last year. This is in San Francisco and the California mushroom farm where four people were killed Monday had another shooting last year where one manager attempted to kill another. Court documents and a case summary from the San Mateo County District Attorney's Office show California Terror Garden Manager Martin Merdino was charged with attempted murder after he threatened to kill the other manager and then fired a gun into the man's trailer. The bullet went through the trailer and into a neighboring one, and no one was injured. So, again, this is, this is a workplace. If you have workplace violence situations, and again, OSHA does not have a workplace violence thing, that uh, standard, but they do have the general duty clause that is enforced after the fact. Ex post facto, even though uh, the uh, even though, uh, and I came across, uh, uh, I came across a uh, article that you know uh, that was a legal case. I'm not going to look it up now for more dead air time on. Uh, Hold on. Yeah, on uh, hard hats that specifically had to do with uh, 
uh, Occupational Safety and Health Act that came out on the ruling that the uh, that the uh, uh, OSHA you're with OSHA you're supposed to uh, here it is mm. here you go there was a this is from a regulation a letter of interpretation in from November 7, 2004, where they quote, uh, it was the issue was PPE. All right. And the court, and in assessing the applicability of these free, uh, PPE, the courts have focused upon express words of the standard, as well as the purpose of the Occupational Safety and Health Act in Donovan verse, uh, period. In Donovan versus Adam Steele Constru- Erection Incorporated, the court emphasized that by its express language, the standard applies whenever employees are exposed to a possible danger, quote, a possible danger of head injury, end quote. The court continued, the legislative history that makes clear that, quote, death and disability prevention is the primary intent, end quote, of the act. The act is remedial in nature and does not wait for an employee to die or become injured. It authorizes the promulgation of health and safety standards in the hope that these will act to prevent deaths or injuries from ever occurring. Imminent death of imminent risk of injury or death to employees should not be required before the secretary can compel her protective action. The court uh, had other things that was specific to that case. So here we have a situation where there was workplace violence last year. I know in many states, including uh, my home state of New Jersey, that I grew up in, just pointing a rifle at someone, pointing a gun at someone, is considered an assault, regardless of what the assault is. So here we actually had an uh, Possibly, I don't know what the laws in California are. You had an assault. Now, you had uh, uh, murders at this facility here, the mushroom farm, four people, right? What did they do last year? And is that uh, employer liable for this? Again, we're trying to prevent injuries and trying to prevent accidents here. I don't know. I don't know what to say here. Uh, but it's, this is becoming more and more. No, I'm, maybe I'm paying more attention to it, it seems. So anyway, just something you need. Uh, we need to concentrate. If you have a problem, you got to solve it at work. Uh, and what I would do is. Make sure so you don't end up like the people on the Rust set. Get do everything in writing. If you're de- getting resistance, do everything in writing, either via text message or via email, something, right? With that, you can even get the software. You don't even have to write the email. You could go and you could do voice recognition. War news tonight. This is from Kiev, 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 Ukraine. Why can't I speak today? Kiev, Ukraine. Russia fired more missiles and self-exploding drones at nearly a dozen Ukrainian provinces early Thursday, causing the first war-related death in Kiev this year, or Kiev this year, and killing at least 11 people overall, according to Ukrainian authorities. The attacks adhered to Russia's recent pattern of striking power plants and other critical infrastructure about every two weeks. Almost like a machine, right? Every two weeks. However, the latest onslaught came after Germany and the United States upped the ante in Russia's 11-month war by promising Wednesday to send high-tech battle tanks to Ukraine and greenlighting all other allies to do the same. Spokesman for Ukraine State Emergency, and this is from the Associated Press, said that in addition to the dead, at least 11 people were killed. Okay, keep, keep escalating it, guys. Let's see where it's going to go. Right? So it's a dangerous game you folks play. So I was uh, in prep for the show. All right. Uh, I came across a familiar face uh, in the Staten, what is this? Staten Island Live, SI Live. 
ตาดข้าม Anthony Galanti was sailing the Staten Island ferry boat. Governor Herbert Lehman from Whitehall Terminal to St. George Ferry Terminal when airplanes hit the World Trade Center. Galanti brought the ferry safely to the dock and unloaded the passengers before making the return trip to Manhattan, where he worked tirelessly to bring survivors and first responders there. Uh, a little bit of background. My uncle, Kenny, and uh, was also one of the people doing this uh, evacuation of, uh, of uh, Manhattan on 9-11. Uh, everybody, including uh, this person, Anthony, Captain Anthony Galanti, uh, everybody involved got uh, Merchant Mariners Awards from the Department of Transportation, which is like their highest... I believe it's the highest civilian award, but it's a very high prestigious award. And uh, once we got to St. George, once the passengers got off, we were held there a little bit, blah, 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 blah. And uh, Galante, 70, died on New Year's Eve 2022 from liver cancer, right? And according to the September 11th victim uh, thing, why, why did he remain... Uh, why did he? Uh, why, why? Why is he from? Why is this personal for me? I did after nine eleven, uh, and there was another accident on the Staten Island ferry. Uh, there also, they uh, did forty hour hazardous waste site operations and emergency response training at the uh, uh, Staten Island ferry. I was the one who gave the training. So uh, we had talked. I don't remember. I remember the face and I remember the name because Anthony Galanti is a very, uh, you know, that, that name for whatever reason stuck out to me. And I looked it up and I, yeah, I did do training for him. Uh, rest in peace, uh, Anthony. Uh, thank you for your service. Uh, I just wish uh, things had turned out a little bit differently for you. Some other news here. So CDC, uh, this is from Reuters, U.S. CDC is looking, still looking at potential stroke risk from Pfizer bivalent COVID shot. New data from U.S. Uh, C CDC. Uh, database shows a possible stroke link and for older adults who received an updated Pfizer a COVID-19 booster shot, but the signal is weaker than what the agency had flagged earlier in January, officials said on Thursday. The U.S. FDA said that they had not detected a link between the shots and strokes and two other safety monitoring databases. New data was presented at a meeting of outside experts that advised the FDA on a vaccine policy. I'm still going to say, regardless of what's in the news, go to your doctor and get a real uh, assessment with your uh, doctor on what's appropriate medical trade care for you. I'm not going to mention the name of the celebrity, but this really gets my goat here. Uh, so I think it was last week or the week before we had a uh, episode where we talked about using the correct names for things. I'm going to say this, and my wife will get mad at me. Use the correct names for things, yes, but also know what you're putting in your body. This is from CNN today. Uh, there is a great deal of conversation recently about celebrities using type 2 diabetes medications, uh, Ozempic, uh, for weight loss. Semaglutinide uh, is the generic name of it. And it also uh, uh, markets under a different name, uh, Wegel, Wegel, I can't pronounce it. Starts with a W. So one celebrity said she wasn't aware of it. During a recent conversation on a podcast, the celebrity said her anti quote her anti aging doctor just hands it out to anybody. Oh, really? I didn't even know what it was. She said, "If you ever want to drop five pounds, this is good." Ozempic is one of the drugs that's gained popularity via social media as effective for quick weight loss. And that has led to. Complaints is causing shortages for those people who need it as part of their treatment for type 2 diabetes. So basically, what my understanding of the illness and everything else that goes in here, right, into it, 
we are, we're people are fam- have her familiar with the word at least insulin, right? And depending on your who you talk to, there are five. There are two basic types of diabetes: type one and type two. There's been some debate in the field that it should actually five different types of diabetes, but it's like four different types of type two diabetes and one type of uh, type one diabetes, right? And what happens is if your blood sugar you eat and your body converts whatever you eat to blood to sugar, the uh, energy that doesn't that it doesn't need the sugar that it doesn't need for running your bodily processes gets. Uh, now your body releases insulin to your pancreas and puts that uh, excess sugar into your body as fat, stores it as fat. So type 1 diabetes, for whatever reason, and a lot of times it's genetic, a lot of times it's uh, from a virus. I've spoken to several people who had pancreatic viruses uh, or pancreatitis, your body stops releasing insulin and your blood sugar goes up. And that blood sugar, uh, insulin is also involved in putting, uh, making that uh, medicine, that uh, glucose in your uh, bloodstream, making your cells use it more efficiently. So you feel like shit at number one. And number two is, you, uh, your blood sugar is running high and that causes all different types of damage to your body long-term. You have the second type, which is type two, where your body is still releasing insulin, right, for a time until your pancreas basically shorts out, stops releasing it. And what happens is your body becomes less and less sensitive. So you're, uh, you're, uh, so you're, it's not able to get, lower your blood sugar and your pancreas can't release enough insulin to bring your blood sugar down. And it goes up and up and up. And with the same thing, long-term very bad. This is again, a very simplified version of this. Now just reading the article, I read the articles and then give you my thoughts on them. So what Ozempic does, so what they do is they have different medications. They have first line medications like uh, the generic uh, metformin, is one, and then they go to uh, no second line medications, and I won't mention what those are. Uh, but uh, uh, one of them is uh, uh, Genuvia, brand name Genuvia. Another one, uh, 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 La uh, not Levitra. There's another one, second line, and then there's eventually they don't like the the, the doctors don't by that this time you ha- already have usually high blood pressure or something else. Doctors won't want to give you more pills. So what do they do? They put you on insulin. And insulin is a lifesaver, right? Has some side effects that are not pleasant. Type 1 diabetics, not going to get away from using insulin. Type 2 diabetics, maybe yes, maybe no. But what happens is with Ozempic, it not only uh, causes your body to release its own insulin, it also impacts several other micro, uh, micro uh, uh, hormones more in micro amounts that release small amounts. And it's believed, my understanding of it, is that it impacts those as well. And what it is is your body gives a much more natural, uh, a much more natural uh, 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 way of responding to high blood sugar. It's a lot easier than insulin from what people I've heard with insulin because insulin is just up, down, up, down, up, down. So you have to go on a whole regimen. With this medication, you put it on once. But it has a lot of side effects also. So, for example, nausea. It makes you nauseous. So guess what? You're not hungry. Right? You have extreme gastrointestinal uh, distress with this medication. And everything else. So a lot of people feel, a lot of doctors feel are against this because one, uh, insulin doesn't interfere with any other medications. But the side effects of this are, there are several significant side effects along with Ozempic that a lot of doctors don't want to do. So what's going on is people say, hey, you want to lose five pounds? 
You want to do this? You want to go on the, go on this medication? And this is not cheap medication. Only a celebrity could afford it. This is like $900 without insurance. Right? So now it's being hijacked, and they use it as a weight loss medication also. By every, oh, I need to lose five pounds of vanity fat. Well, we're going to go and use this. I don't know. It seems a little bit, I don't want to say unethical, but it's questionable ethics that they're giving this out to people who, and I have, there's a picture of the uh, actress with this. I don't think that she's overweight. I don't know what to tell you. Now, to her credit with this actress, she said, I'm not going to do it because I'm not taking medicine away from people who need it, like diabetics, clinically overweight people, and hooray for her. I don't want to call her out, though. You know, she's, this was really uh, unreported here. So, uh, by anyone else. Man helped save woman aboard a jet flu flight. So this was, again, a woman passed out in the aisle of a plane. Passenger aboard a New York City uh, plane to Fort Lauderdale is being uh, credited with saving a fellow passenger's life. The woman suddenly fainted on the aisle as the crew was handing out drinks. She might have saw the price of the drinks. I don't know had some type of anxiety attack. I half-jokingly say that. She experienced a medical emergency. Passengers said that the uh, woman collapsed about an hour into the flight and the pilot was preparing to make an emergency landing where a man stepped up and it's on video to help the woman. Uh, photos obtained, shared, blah, 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 blah. The man can be sent and rain during aid as other concerned passengers gather around. Uh, the person who... Uh, gave aid was a licensed and trained EMT, according to reports. And uh, the woman got stabilized. They continued onward to their final destination. And the woman was taken off the uh, flight first. And I want to, they don't mention the man's name, but I just want to say, uh, no, uh, hooray for him. Uh, no, and again, you don't know when these tragedies are going to hit. And you got to be prepared for those. Our last couple of stories for tonight, right? Our last one story. So they're hoping in California with all this rain, especially with the melt and everything else, that they're going to be out of the drought uh, here in California, God willing, this year. Hopefully it's not going to destroy everything, uh, <laughs> trying to do it. Uh, they have had, uh, boom, boom, boom. Uh, 260, 216% of normal, uh, snowpack, uh, till this state, right. For that, or at least recorded. I always wonder how they benchmark that because California's dry. Sometimes, sometimes California's wet. So that's all I have for tonight with the news for the safety wars. I look forward to seeing you tomorrow night. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the host and its guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the company. Examples of analysis discussed within this podcast are only examples. They should not be utilized in the real world as the only solution available as they are based only on very limited and dated open source information. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the company. No part of this podcast may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system, or transmitted in any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic, recording, or otherwise, without prior written permission of the creator of the podcast, Jay Allen.